0: Today we begin a brand new series called Secrets of the Kingdom. So if you've got your app, go ahead and pull your app out, North Star Church, Georgia in the App Store. You can pull that out and uh, have that handy. Probably the easiest way to follow along. Maybe you've got some sermon notes on the way in that you want to jot on or you've got your Bible. We're going to be in John chapter 12 today. John chapter 12 is where we're going to camp out over these next few weeks The last week of Jesus's life, he unpacked some secrets that can change your life. In fact, I would tell you, for some of you today, you won't remember a whatever it takes announcement because you're gonna meet something way bigger today. You're gonna meet someone who came to change, not just your eternity but came to change your here and now. John chapter 12. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? John chapter 12. We know this Jesus is three years into his ministry, and he turned his face to Jerusalem. So before we read all this, let me tell you this. He knew what this week would cost him. He knew. It wasn't like anything that's gonna happen in this last week is catching him by surprise. He knew. He knew what was to come. He knew the pain that was in store. And he knew you were worth it. That day is this group of people assembled on this first day of the last week. John 12, verse 12, and the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, what's the next word? Swept through the city. Literally, it's the talk. He's coming to town. Jesus is coming. So it's a big deal it's like a political grassroots groundswell and it was tangible you could feel it you could sense it you could taste it that jesus was on his way in verse 13 or i'm sorry the end of verse 12 and a large crowd of passover visitors were there they took palm branches they went down to the road to meet him and they shouted these words praise god blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. In fact, some versions may say it, Hosanna, Hosanna. Literally means, Lord, save us now. That's what it means. So as Jesus entered the city, the groundswell of support was saying, we need you to be you and to be the king now. That's what's going on in this story. Verse 14, but Jesus found a young donkey and he rode in on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming riding on a donkey's colt all right time out not a war horse of a military commander but a donkey's colt not an armored black stretched limo mercedes driving in town Jesus came in a Prius, all right? And so basically is the picture of what's going on in the story. And it just throws everybody because it literally is a picture. And if you drive a Prius, I apologize, all right? So, but it's a picture of humility driving in and coming in town. And it was fulfilling a prophecy they all knew it was Zechariah 9 9. That's how the king would come. Verse 16. His disciples didn't understand at the time. This was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered. They didn't get it at the time, but they remembered what had happened and realized these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead and they were telling others about it. And that was the reason so many went out to meet him because they heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, well, there's nothing we can do. Look, everybody's gone after him. That's how big it's going. It's like everybody is team Jesus. We know that turns quickly, but that day, that's what it feels like. But if that's all they got, they would have missed the secret to the kingdom that you and I are going to get today. We're going to figure it out today. We're going to unpack it today because it could change your life. Before you're seated here in Compass, for those of you in the true north, in the theater, turn around and find somebody around you. And here's the words I want you to use. All right. Don't use any others. Use these. It's all going to be okay Spring training started yesterday. All right, do that real quick. Do that real quick. There's hope that there's heat to come. Can I get an amen on that? Man, oh man, oh man. All right, so let's, if you got your outlines today, here's, here's what everybody wanted Back during this time, they wanted Jesus to come rule, and here's your first blank, an earthly kingdom. That's what they wanted. The disciples wanted it because they'd have had a cabinet position. The people wanted it because they were sick and tired of Roman oppression. They wanted a new king. They didn't want to answer to Rome anymore. Really, and they didn't, not only the oppressiveness of the Rome rule, but the oppressiveness of the religious institution of the day. They wanted something new. They wanted Jesus to have an earthly kingdom. Then. Take his throne, take his spot, then. Because it would have helped them, but it wouldn't have helped you. Your eternity would look the same Meaning you would have missed God because he ruled then, not now. Does that make sense to everybody? They wanted an earthly kingdom. They, Jesus, and listen, it wasn't like Jesus had hid this from them. He had told them over and over and over, this is not why I'm here. My kingdom's not of this world. And they're like, yeah, 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 we get that. But do it now, right? And so I'd like to sit on your right. I'd like to sit on your left. In fact, that was a mother's request for her two boys. That would be embarrassing. All right, and so, but that's what they wanted. They wanted it here and now. Here's the secret of the kingdom. Jesus came to rule in my heart. That's the secret of the kingdom. The secret of the kingdom is your heart and my heart. Don't miss that. This last week happens because of your heart and my heart. That's the secret. The secret is he came to rule in your heart. And he came to be the king of your heart. Colossians chapter three, it's right there. If you've got the, you've got the uh, notes or if you've got your Bible and you're like, Mike, I'm really working on using my Bible. I wanna turn there, go to the gospels and you got Acts, Romans, and then you've got, the they call them the epistles. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, General Electric Power Company. Don't tell me I don't take you deep, all right? And so, here we go, Colossians chapter three. You're like, that's weak, that's all I got. All right, here we go, Colossians three. Listen to what Paul said. And let the peace of Christ do what in your hearts? What's it say there? Let it rule the peace of Christ. Literally sit in authority or be the umpire Of your heart to which you were indeed called in one body and be thankful. So, all throughout this, it's really interesting how many times Paul says to be thankful. Why does Paul say that? I think Paul knows that in this world, it's really easy to see all the things I don't have and forget the things I do have. Do y'all ever do that sometimes? Any of y'all ever get in one of those moods where it's all about you and life's all bad and you don't have anything? Any of y'all ever do this or is it just me? And, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a lot to be thankful. For. That's what Paul is saying, verse 16. And let the word of Christ, let the word of Christ What's the next word? In you, richly teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So what does Paul tell us about the secret of the kingdom, about our hearts? Number one, I must receive the peace of Christ, to write that down. I must receive the peace of Christ. Going to church, coming to North Star does not give you the peace of Christ. It gives you a peaceful feeling, but it does not give you the peace of Christ. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When do I get the peace of Christ? Here's the word I want you to write down. We're gonna unpack it. It's the word surrender. When I surrender my heart. Because until I surrender, I sit in rule of my life. My will is best. My wants are best. And every person's got to reach a point where they surrender their heart and who is in charge of their heart in fact paul does this whole thing in the book of romans where he talks about we are enemies with god why are we enemies with god so you're like that's a weird phrase so let's 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 sit on this for a second heaven where god resides perfect it's perfect it's perfect there is no sin there's no sinfulness God is perfect. Heaven is a perfect place. Earth, where you and I live, imperfect. Our hearts, imperfect. Why? A word. Here's the word sin. So you may go, man, my God, I just don't buy the whole you're born with a sinful nature, which I, I think scripture teaches very clearly. So let's just take it. So, Okay, let's pretend you're right. I don't think you are, but let's pretend you're right. How many of you, though, have ever done something in life you're not proud of? In fact, you're like, if anybody ever found out about this thought, anybody ever found out about this action, anybody ever found out about this, I would be embarrassed because I didn't make a good decision in that moment. I made a very selfish decision, and I I sinned, I fell short of perfection. How many of y'all would say that's true of you? Raise your hand, all right? If you didn't raise your hand, you lied, you just sinned, all right? And so, congratulations, we're all at it. And so, yesterday I had a doubleheader baseball game. We had some umpires that had borrowed their gear from Goodwill. And so, I sinned yesterday at a, game a, yeah, that wasn't nice. But anyways, so, I, sin's part of it, right? That's part of it. Well, if heaven's perfect and my heart is imperfect... How in the world am I ever gonna get to heaven? I'm gonna meet the one who paid for my imperfections. And I surrender the will of my life and go, God, I'm yours. Because I'm telling you, we will last out as long as we can. You know why it's so important to build a kid's building next door? Because the younger somebody can come to know Christ, the easier it is. It gets harder to meet Jesus as you get older. Would y'all agree with that? It just gets harder. Percentage-wise, it gets harder. I have to surrender my heart Romans 5.1, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to write down a little thought and we're gonna move on to number two. I can't have the peace of God until I make peace with God. I can't have the peace of God till I make peace with God. And I'm telling you, there's some of you sitting in this room today, sitting in True North today, sitting in the theater today, or watching online today, you've never made peace with God. You go to church, but you've never yielded the throne of your heart. You still do your own thing. You still call your own shots. You've never given over the keys of your life to him. And everybody's gotta figure out who they are and how they do this. Number two, not only do I receive the peace of Christ, I must prioritize the word of Christ. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So here's what that means. I want you to write under number two. We're gonna we're gonna it, all right? So let's, let's put it on put it on a a shelf, we can all get. It means he makes his home. He gets mail at our address. It's not a place I visit. It's a place I live. For some of us, we've yielded our heart to him, but Monday to Saturday, we do our own thing. We're never going to experience God's richness and fullness till we go, I want to dwell. I want to saturate myself in you. What I listen to, what I watch, what I read. I want to, if I can't. So would you call a dwelling somewhere you visit once a week? No, your dwelling is where you lay your head down at night. If he is going to dwell richly, here's what it means. It's day by day, moment by moment. I had a a baseball coach on my Monday call. He called me and he said, Mike, it's so hard because... On Monday, I get it, on on Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock when we're playing somebody, I I lose my memory of why I do what I do. And so he keeps a a laminated card, old school laminated card in his pocket to remind him that who he is at four o'clock on Tuesday is as important as who he is at eight o'clock on Sunday morning. Does that make sense to everybody? That you dwell richly. His word makes its home in you. For some of you, you've joined the team, you've gotten the uniform, but you've never experienced what it's like to play the game. Do you know why? Because you've stayed where he's Sunday king, Monday to Saturday, you're still the king. And Paul goes, That ain't, that's not to be. There's more. The song we sang earlier, you were made for more. I must prioritize the word of Christ. I've got to saturate myself in him. And so I'm just gonna tell you for me, I don't know if you know this. So if you're new to North Street, I sort of like sports. I don't know if anybody know this or you figure this out, but I don't get better listening to sports talk. I just don't. It's great, love it. But if I saturate myself in that, I probably don't get as much as if I saturate myself in Him. Digging deeper, quiet time, spending time with the Lord, praying, you're like, I don't even know where to start. You write on a card today, help me. We will help you. We will personally help you begin this journey. You can go to our, our, um, app, go to Digging Deeper, it's a day-by-day, day, breaks down the sermon, day-by-day. Day. Our writers do a phenomenal job writing that out. I must prioritize the word of Christ. Does he matter to me? So Ann and I were married on October the 26th of 1991. If the only days a year I celebrate Ann our our anniversary and her birthday. How many of you would say, that's probably not enough to build a great marriage? If you would agree with that, raise your hand. If you didn't agree with that, you need to come save me, all right? So the answer that, no. Well, it's, a, it's a day-by-day journey, right? It's a day-by-day journey. Number three, and I must do it all in the name of Christ. And I want you to write this in. I want you to get this. And I want you to get my heart. Everything you do matters. Everything you do matters. Everything you do matters. How you work matters. The excellence you serve with on Tuesday afternoon at three matters. How you treat the kid at Starbucks matters. How you speak to the person at the pump next to you at the gas station Matters. Everything you do matters. Why? Because it's in the name of Jesus. What kind of real estate agent you are, what kind of vet you are, what kind of doctor you are, what kind of teacher you are, what kind of coach you are, when you're standing in the bullpen with a kid, it matters. That conversation that day matters. It's not a Sunday deal, it's an everyday deal. And I'm telling you, we're leaving it on the table. When we forget that every day I get a chance to sign Jesus's name to my day, Jesus, I did my best to honor you today. That's what Paul was talking about. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. How I serve my family and my wife and my kids, it matters. You'll never know. You don't need to know, but it matters Damn, because it's a picture of Jesus. I'm sitting right across the street at Croft at a Bible study just a couple weeks ago. And one of our guys in the Bible study, one of our men, veterans, one of our veteran men that we started this Bible study with years and years ago, he said, I was watching The Chosen. How many of y'all have watched The Chosen? Phenomenal. If you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor. It makes the gospel come alive. They do such a great job. But there's a character on the show that plays Jesus, and he's amazing, amazing. And this guy, this veteran business leader in our community is recounting it, and he said, he was being, that, that character was being interviewed. And he said, boy, there's a big weight that comes with everywhere you go, people associating you with Jesus. And this guy just stops while he's sharing the story. And John goes, I guess that's the weight we all carry, isn't it? Does my life look like him when I'm not in front of you? It's easy up here. I am just gonna tell you, this is the easiest part of my week. A little harder when the pressure cooker gets on on an afternoon when you're sort of burned out a little bit. When I let him rule and reign in my life, it could change everything. This morning, I got in late last night from a, a long day of baseball. This morning, I got up early to get ready to come here. I was fired up, getting ready to share with you about the day. And I do a daily devotional in version. Uh, I'm doing Max Locato right now. And I love Max Locato, he's just a great writer. And this was my morning. This is what I read at 5, 5.05 a.m. this morning. Each of you should lead a life stirring enough to start a movement. We should yearn to change the world. We should love unquenchably, dream unfalteringly, and work unceasingly. We should close our ears to the voices of compromise and perch ourselves on the branch of truth. We should champion the value of people, proclaim the forgiveness of God and claim the promise of heaven. And we should lead a life worthy enough to cause a movement. Would you pray with me? God, And all this begins By answering the question, who's the king of my heart? I just have a strange feeling. There's some of us sitting in the rooms today, watching online today that go, Mike, I have never surrendered my heart. I've gone to church and I like it, but I've never surrendered my heart to Jesus. Right where you are, would you just tell me today, God, you have my heart. Jesus, you have my heart. I yield to you. I yield to you. I surrender to you. Would you tell him that today? Jesus, I surrender to you. Step in my heart. If you prayed that prayer with me today and you surrendered your heart to Jesus today, if you'll take that little card out and just say, put your name on there, put a cell phone email on there, check the box, I accepted Christ, you can go online and do it. Welcome home. Others of you though, you've done it. but it's not changed your Monday to Friday. Today you go, I want him not only to be the king of my heart for eternity, I want him to be the king of my heart every day. Would you just take a second and talk to the Lord right where you are?